it's time to check the tape. And we know that Will Shipley is RB1 for the Clemson Tigers, but his teammate, his running mate, Phil Moffa. What does the tape tell me about RB2? I'll let you know next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, as well as the owner of the Scouting Room. Uh, I will have the link to that Patreon account for you guys to tap into uh, in the YouTube subscription, YouTube bio and description. I'm sorry. But guys, as always, thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Whenever I drop these podcasts, thank y'all for being my Clemson Tiger family, but also my every single dayers, man. And do we have a fun show? As always, guys, we're going to get into uh, we got some good and some bad, right? Start with the bad, you know, what we're going to talk about a little later. Losing a four-star offensive lineman to Tennessee. Tennessee's starting to be a, a thorn in our sides when it comes down to recruiting, man. There's been some recruiting battles between us and the volunteers, and they have um, gotten in the way a little bit, gotten in the way. So we're going to talk about that all, uh, when we get to On the Prowl. Uh, we're going to talk about some trap games, right? So there, there are two games that are described to be trap games per Athlon Sports. Uh, for the Clemson Tigers on the on the on the schedule, we're gonna look into. You know, I'm, I'm gonna read the blurbs on that and tell you my thoughts on that. And to kick it off, we're gonna check the tape. C T T baby with running back Phil Maffa. And guys, as I said in the opening, we all know that Will Shipley is RB one, right? He, he's the more he's the most versatile, all that type of stuff like that. But man, when 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 you turn on the tape. And you watch now, granted, and I can tell you straight up, guys. You know, Will Shipley got majority of the run, right? You know, with with Phil, he only had he put, he only had 152 snaps on running downs, only 98 carries for 515 yard total yards rushing, over five yards per carry and four touchdowns, right? So, you know, as a guy that that worked because this is a versatile. Well, last year it was a very versatile run game where it was kind of almost an even mix, especially for him with zone and gap runs and things of that nature. But uh, out of his 98 total runs, 13 were of the 10-plus yardage variety, right? His longest run on the season was 39 yards versus Louisville. But it was a little – like I really went and watched the Louisville and Syracuse games. I wanted to see when he got more – like 10 or more carries. Because – the, the end of the day, running back is such a a feel and momentum um, position. Uh, it's hard to say, yeah, this guy's going to kill it with seven carries a game. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, it's it's really difficult to to do, mainly because you have to get the feel of the game and how and the defense you're playing. So, are they are more of a athletic? Rally tackling defense? Are they more of a front, uh, uh, a stout front and physicality uh, tone setting defense where uh, they're they're taught to be physical and aggressive, 
which will allow you to then counter with uh with patience and pace and timing and elusiveness. But if they're more of the rally tackle, they don't want to be physical, then you meet them with that physicality and you set the tone. So you have to want to you, you want to get into a rhythm. Get that momentum and that rhythm going as a as a running back, and it's hard to do that with seven, five, six. You know, one game with five, next game with six, next game with eight, going back down to five type of with those type of numbers and, and touches in the run game. But you know, looking at my notes here, guys, the things that I wrote down with with, with Phil Moffa, the first thing is NFL size and frame. They have him listed at six foot one, two hundred and twenty five pounds. Big kid, big young man, strong. Uh, you know, sturdy body, stout frame, uh, very dense, right? Well built, top to bottom, evenly proportionate. So he's got that that NFL size and frame. But patience as a runner is so important. You know, uh, there, there's a phrase that, that that running backs that you know I was taught. I actually coach, I actually coach some running backs, and and and, and kind of really taught them the same thing was, you know, growing up was. Um, you know, slow too fast through. But it's, it's, the, it's, it's similar to with the linebacker where we, where we talk about with linebackers. You want it to be slow until you know. So linebackers read and run and, and, and locating the football, you want to be slow until you know. So you don't want to shoot gaps and jump downhill, and it's a reverse, right? You're attacking the A gap or you're attacking the B gap, thinking it's power, and it's actually uh, a double reverse. And now you're nowhere near the ball and stuff like that. It's the same thing for running backs. You want to be slow too fast through, which means you want to be patient in reading your blocks and, and, and approaching the hole. But once you realize that the hole is open and there's room for you to work, now you burst through and now you're fast. Now you burst and you turn into and you kick it into a gear and now you're going fast through the hole. So you're patient too, but you're fast through. So slow too fast through type. That's what that that's what that means. And, and for him, you see the patience to attack gaps. I like the footwork, especially with working the gap in the gap scheme um, runs those power runs, and when you have, you know, GT uh, GT power and uh, the guard and tackle from the opposite side of the formation, they're pulling as a lead block as lead blockers, and you see him showcase the ability to, first of all, be patient, allow those guys to initiate and activate their blocks, let them do their jobs, right? How what's secure? What what celebrity would be dumb enough to 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 outwalk outrun their security detail, right? Like you're walking through. The mall uh, or whatnot, you you don't you rarely see Jay Z not you know without his security, without protecting him and Beyonce. No, they're not gonna outwalk those those cats, those armed people, right? Those people are supposed to protect them and keep them safe. They're gonna walk in unison. They're gonna walk behind them. They might walk in in the in the middle of the of the pack, but either way, they're walking to the beat of that group's drum. No, not just Beyonce and Jay-Z, but just in general. You're using some, some, some celebrities. But that's what you want with your running back. And Mafa shows that, but the footwork, where if a gap is closed, I always talk about this, man. Same thing with, with driving, right? When you're driving and there's a, a road closure, do you know where the next road is going to lead you back to your home or to your destination? Can you find an outlet? Can you find an ulterior route? And if you can't, that then you got to pull GPS. And that just takes a lot of time. You know, it takes more time than, than you actually knowing. So it's the same thing with running backs, right? If that road is closed, if that gap is closed, can you exchange? Can you find an ulterior, right? Can you find another another running lane, another gap to attack and get into to make some things happen, right? And so not only is it patience and footwork, but it's patience, it's footwork, it's vision, it's all of those things, right? It's all of those things. And that's what you think about the most. And, and for me, 
That was something that I absolutely loved with him and with his skill set was his ability to navigate uh, condensed boxes and things of that nature. But also he run, he has a like I said, he has strong burst running th- uh, to, to attack and get through the running lanes. He runs with a, with power and a forward lean. He's a, he, he's one of those guys that falls forward where if you do hit him head on, once he, especially once he gains the momentum, it's not so much a stonewall situation. He's compact and dense enough and runs hard enough to where even if you make the tackle, He's falling forward, so he's getting an extra yard to two to two and a half <clears throat> in that regard as well. But I'm gonna tell you something, he's underutilizing the passing game. I remember watching some training film of him, uh, just working out last year and working on this game, the, the working on uh, running routes and changing direction and different things like that, and catching the football. And I feel like he does a good job of that. He has some uh, surprising elusiveness in open field, being a, a vertical cutter, stab and cut. You know, read and cut off of the 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 defenders' momentum and their leverage. So, um, and I love the body control and contact balance, man. Uh, you even if you watch the spring game, my guy who who just had on the show, go check it out. Andrew McCoupa, star safety, one of the star safety pairings for your Clemson Tigers. You know, with him, you know, he had a clean shot. He blitzed off the edge in the spring game. I had a clean shot on him, but Mafa's so dense and strong. He 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 uh, ate the uh, and absorbed the contact, and then was able to work out and make a play. So you, you have the body control and the contact balance to get yards after the uh, yards after contact and after the catch in the, in the receiving game. But I really liked him at pass pro as well. I, I think the main thing for him is going to be, this is a situation where I want to see coach Riley feed both of these guys. Don't just make it a lopsided situation in terms of touches. Give Mafa more than enough touches. I'm talking 30, 40% of the running back touches where if it's a 60-40 split, cool, because and especially in the run game, because at the end of the day, you still can use Will Shipley as a receiving back that he is, guys. So when I say I'm checking, when I say I check the tape, I like what I saw from Phil Maffa, patient, physical, uh, you know, NFL size and frame, has good speed and open field, that uh, elusivity, pass catching, all of that type of stuff. I like what I've seen from him. I just want to see more. Not so much, and it's not on him. It's on the coaches to get him the football and integrate him into the game plan because this, these two running backs, Thunder and Lightning, whatever you want to call them, this is going to be uh, really big for uh, this team, especially with a young quarterback like Kate Klubnik getting his first time, his first year as a college football starter. So, again, guys, got to get Phil Maffa involved. The Checking the tape, what did the tape tell me? The tape tell me he's good, but we need to see more. But you want to see more. Listen, I got more for you. And coming up next, man, <clears throat> Athlon Sports talked about and brought up two games in the Clemson Tigers schedule that they identified as trap games. So how do I feel about it? I'm going to talk to you guys about it coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Let me introduce you guys to Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make me look and feel good, and they're going to do the same thing for you. With Bird Dogs, their khaki stretch shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Because, guys, their shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better, including fitting way better than the regular shorts that you have in your closet that are made of that stiff restricting cotton fabric because what bird dogs use is that they use a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but they stretch to give you a way slimmer fit without sacro having to sacrifice 
movement. You will love the fact that they use an anti-stink and sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, especially in the summer. So guys, listen to me. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on callers or enter the promo code locked on callers for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on callers for a free or use the promo code locked on callers for a free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Steve Lason, I believe that's how you pronounce it from Athlon Sports, wrote an article uh you know back in June, you know, about two weeks ago Talking about, he, he he looked at the college football's biggest trap games for their playoff contender. So, number one, they feel that Clemson is a playoff contender, and rightfully so. <laughs> Good for them for understanding the assignment, right? But that's the thing, that they, they view Clemson as a playoff, college football playoff contender. But they went ahead, and like I said, for all the teams that they, they have listed on this on this article, which I'll have in the description, they went ahead and they, they picked the two games for each of the teams that they believe uh, will be trap games. And lo and behold, for Clemson, they have Clemson, you know, at number 12 on this list. It starts September 30th at Syracuse. And then the second game is October 28th, almost a month later, at North Carolina State. And, guys, so here's the reasons why. They said in Clemson's last two matchups against Syracuse, uh, you know, again, have been decided by one score. Also, the timing a week after taking on Florida State in a potential preview of the ACC championship is an ideal. Now, that's the blur for, for the Syracuse game. Now, when you look at what it is about the blur for the uh, NC State game, the Wolfpack knocked off Clemson the last time these teams played in Raleigh. So an upset here wouldn't be a surprise. But but like the Syracuse matchup, the timing isn't on Coach Dabble's swinging side. North Carolina State gets a week, gets Clemson a week after a trip to Miami, following a date against North, uh, followed by a date against Notre Dame on November the 4th. Now, and, and those are the very, those are very true statements, right? Because when you look at what this is, now, Yes, Clemson has has won. I think what five straight against uh, against Syracuse, right? Remember last year, um, DJ, you got benched. Kate came in. Uh, you know, he didn't particularly play outstanding himself, uh, but was able to bring a spark. You know, especially with the, getting some penalties that went in their favor, end up getting into and scoring scoring distance and scoring range and making plays, right? But still, yeah, it was a one score game, and and, and Syracuse has really shown. The ability to, to to play Clemson well, and they have and, and their defense typically handles uh, has, has handled. They've been tough. They've handled this pretty pretty nicely. So when you look at it, right. So at the end of the day, like this game, t- talent wise, you know, Sean Tucker's gone. Garrett, uh, I think it's Garrett Williams. Uh, their star corner is gone. They do have Aronde Gatson, who's like a wide receiver pseudo. To the hybrid tight end, big body type of guy, uh, dangerous passing weapon in college football. One one of the better and more dangerous weapons in college football. And the quarterback, I think, is Garrett Schrader still, if I remember correctly. And I am the Garrett Schrader is okay, um, at best. So you can't really like I'm not really concerned with the talent perspective, but the point that he made that, that Steve uh, that Mr. Lassen put in his article. The timing of this game, 
you know, coming right out, coming like a week after the Florida State game. And for those fans that are, that are going to watch this that don't know why that's so in, why that's so important and pivotal, it happens at all levels of, of football, especially calls the NFL, where you get emo- you get on this emotional high, right? You you know, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers going you know going versus uh, facing off in their first division matchup versus the Baltimore Ravens in the two thousands, right? You know, Troy Polamalu, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, but so forth and so on, Big Ben, all that, right? And the emo- the, the level of emotion goes from normal to high alert, and they go up, right? And, and the emotion is so high to where guys are just like, oh, my God, man. Like, they're, they're, once the game is over, you just you, – you end up being drained emotionally, right, as well as physically. So now it's not only do you have to get up from a mental and emotional standpoint – Get up for your next opponent, right? The very next week, but you also have to get your body ready. So I think that's a very good piece, a very good nugget regarding why Syracuse could be a potential trap game. And I agree with that aspect. Not so much the talent, even though they play them tough and play them tight. The last two matchups, you know, they've been but decided by one score and everything. But I think talent-wise, Clemson is, is far superior. But I think the situation, you know, think about that, right? Clemson's coming off a, win, a big win. What you got to do is make sure that Cade's head is, is, is in the game, right? Not saying that it won't be, but he's a young quarterback. You get a, you knock off the, the team that you're more than likely going to see in the ACC championship game, and that's probably your biggest talent. Like, Florida State is the, the most talented team in the ACC outside of Clemson. So that team is the only team that truly has, a to me, a glimmer of hope for a playoff college football playoff, um, you know, situation or, or, or birth if they run the table, right? No, nobody else is going to get that. You know, or even if they lose one game, nobody else is going to get that. It's, it's going to either be Clemson or Florida State, not NC State, not uh, UNC, you know, with Drake May and everything. Not, the Drake May thing, might he might tip the scale a little bit because they tip from a money standpoint, you want to get the best of the best in terms of quarterbacks out there, and he's the best in the ACC, and we got to be honest about this thing. Um, some people believe he's the best in in college football, you know, over Caleb Williams. You know, I think Caleb's a little bit better, but but Drake is nice. So I think that that's a really good nugget. Same thing, you know, with uh, with NC State. NC State, they can they. I think their offense could be really good. I think their offense could be good. They they have multiple guys that that can really throw the ball. Real arm talent got a lefty with Brandon Armstrong transferring in a young dual threat kid. Uh, who's also on the baseball teams? Uh, Miles MJ Morris. That's one, you know, one of one of my guys. I, I met this young man, incredible, incredible uh, athlete, and, and and you know, arm talent. He he has a, he's a total package, and he's he's about his business, man. And is very headsy and smart young man. That's wise above his years, wise above his years for sure. Uh, but again, like they they can they can get it done, um, you know. But you you look at this situation, you know, they you you got to go to. Miami, right? And, and then, but now this is where a situation where it could you you ask, is it a trap game? It could be. And the reason why it could be a trap game because of where it's placed. After going on the road to Miami, right? Is the U back? We don't know, but Clemson's gonna make sure they're not. But the point is, do you knock off Miami. What if you start looking ahead? You look past North Carolina State and you look ahead to Notre Dame, and knowing that that's a big ticket name, that's a big brand. To where you knock off Florida State, you knock off Miami, you knock off Notre Dame, you run the table, you beat the teams that you need to beat, as well as taking care of business that you're supposed to take care of, right? 
like the NC States and the Syracuses and the Dukes and so forth and so on. When, when, when you take care of the teams that everybody believes you should take care of and then beat the teams that people are like, that's your biggest competition and you run the table, or maybe you lose one, uh, you know, like you lose against Florida State, but it's close, but you beat the other teams, right? You beat the Miami, you beat the Notre Dame, and if they're having good seasons and it looks good in the eyes of the voters, right, then you get to the ACC championship game and you shellack. You know, you, you beat Florida State. Then it's like, okay, we got to give Clemson their due because not only, they, you know what I'm saying, they took care of business, right? And that's where you don't, you know, don't, and, and trust me, I believe Coach Dabble Sweeney's going to have those, those guys ready, but that's where the, the you know, uh, you know, Steve makes the, the point of, is this a trap game? It could be because they could look ahead as players, right? Look past their competition right after Miami. You knock, say they blow out Miami, right? 40 to seven. Okay, cool. Great. Great job. You don't want to go into the NC State game with a big head. Your head's blown up with helium. The media's popped you up. You, you just blew out Miami in Miami. The U's not back because of you, Clemson Tigers, so forth and so on, right? Who? What can a hurricane do to a tiger? I mean, not in little sense, but in this situation. And then, you know, you look, you you don't, you ignore the wolf pack that comes in. North Carolina, the NC State wolf pack comes in and you don't take them serious. And then they make this a, a closer game. And then you don't want to give a team that you're better than any type of hope, especially going into the fourth quarter. You want to put them down and you want to beat them down quickly. You don't want them to hang around and linger because then the more confidence they get to, hey, we get to the to the end of the fourth quarter, this is a three-point game, and we get the ball last, guys, we can win. You don't want that. So that's why I think that's a good point about this about them, those, these two games being trap games. Are they trap games? Can they be trap games? I say yes, just because of the placement of uh, their games on the schedule and who they play before, who who, they, who Clemson will play after, and things of that nature. So I agree uh, with, with Athlon Sports. These two games could be trap games for uh, the Clemson Tigers, but I think the, the ultimate trap game is week one versus Duke on the road, 8 o'clock on ESPN primetime. I think that's the ultimate test in trap game. But, guys, I talked. I told you I had good news and bad news. I got to get into the bad news. On the prowl, Tennessee Volunteers being a thorn in our side, man. You know, being a thorn in our paw, rather. And, um, yeah, we're going to get into it. William Satterwhite, an offensive lineman. I really liked his tape on. You know, I really liked his tape. I thought he would be a great fit here with the Clemson Tigers. He's headed to the Volunteers. We're going to talk about it next on the Prowl on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. On the Prowl, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not one of the, the most positive episodes of Varieties. We have some bad news, as I talked about in the segue. William Satterwhite, four-star offensive interior offensive lineman for, for the 2024 class. Uh, you know, was a guy that, that we really believed could be a Clemson Tiger. He received his offer on uh, April the 12th of 2023. Physical, strong, six what, six four, six three, three hundred pounds. Um, ESPN, 24-7 sports, all of them have him as a four-star recruit. One of the best in, in the state of Ohio, Akron, Ohio, because he's from Akron, Ohio. One of the best in Ohio. And one of the best uh, off- interior offensive line, offensive line prospects in the 2024 class. Well, he's going to Tennessee. He announced uh, via tweet on um, a couple of days ago on Ju- on July the 7th. Uh, he said, "I will be a volunteer," and he said, "Go Vols!" All that good stuff. 
And again, like he and this was a kid that was highly sought after Michigan, Michigan State, Alabama, Auburn, Penn State, Cincinnati, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Tennessee, all of them, all of them were on the radar, guys. And you know, see, we, you know, being able to we we have to continue to add pieces to this offensive line. That's why I was so I, I was so hype about William Center. I talked about I think I believe it was on Friday's episode with Ronan O'Connell um being the first uh, 2024 offensive lineman to pledge and um, commit to, to to your Clemson Tigers, man, and that's big, right? But Fletcher Westfall, he's talking about July the 10th. You know, uh, you know his, his his coming today. We'll see how that happens on July 10th. And then you have Casey Poe, another offensive lineman that Clemson's targeted. Uh, he's supposed to make his decision. Um, you know, and where he's going to commit to on July the 12th. So that'll be what Wednesday of this week. So in just about two days. So. Again, you know, later today we'll get the, the 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 we'll hear from Fletcher Westfall, and then in two days we hear from Casey Poe. But it's not looking good in terms of the offensive line. You know, you only have one 2024 recruit coming in that has that has um that has pledged, and you want to get better with that. So we got we got to figure this thing out, man. Uh, I, I don't believe we're gonna lose a, a ton of veteran talent to the NFL draft just yet, right now, off of this off of this uh offensive line that we have currently heading into 2023, but Getting a William Sat right, getting Westfall and Ronald O'Connor, that would have been huge. Physical, tone setters, run game, all of that stuff, man. So when I tell you, like, this is this is a little bit of a blow, a little bit of a shot, you know, and, and that, that, that hurts, you know, because, again, like, I was extremely excited when I saw this guy's tape because I felt like he, he could have been – I see why he was one of the best, uh, you know, recruits at the offensive line position in college football. And it's just like I said, at the end of the day, it was just a really tough pill to swallow. Um, and, and just kind of to see that tweet go out, it's like, man. So you got to hope that you can get Fletcher Westfall, right? Um, and Casey Poe, we know we got Ronald, Ronald O'Connell. But again, like they, they have to, that's the recruiting aspect, right? I talked about it. The four star 2024 recruits are important, but not just them, but the trenches. Games are won and lost in the trenches. Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL and all the NFL, and it's not even close. Pat Mahomes lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why? Not just because his receivers were dropping passes, because the man had no time in the pocket. Offensive line was getting ran through. They were getting defeated, right? They were like a turnstile that was just like somebody had a, had unlimited coins for, right? You didn't even have to jump it. You just walked through it, and it was there. That's what happened in the Super Bowl versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few years ago. Pat Mahomes couldn't do he, – he did everything he could to be Superman, but the rest of the Avengers weren't there. So that's the big thing, man. It's just the fact that you want to have, especially with Cade, Cade still has at least another year. You want to have the most talented offensive line as possible to make sure that he doesn't face the pressure that we saw DJ go under at times in 2022. Right? You want the, you know, you want that going forward. As this young man at quarterback gets his starts to make his his ascension and his steps and his strides uh you know as a player and as a quarterback and the leader of this team you want an offensive line that can protect him so that's why I like you know losing to William Sattler right you know is a big loss in my opinion guys but again we've been doing a really good job in recruiting still doing a, a great job right you, you know and now like so we're chasing Mike Matthews uh you know, you know we got Casey Poe uh Fletcher Westfall we still some guys that um Still some guys to keep an eye on. So we, we'll see how everything turns out. But he's going to make his – his his. Uh, we, we'll find out later on today. 
Uh, it might be before before you watch this episode or after. Either way, we don't know where we're offensive four star off the other four star offensive line recruit that we've given over to Fletcher Westfall lands on the spectrum. Where is he going? Is it Florida? Is it Tennessee? Is it Ohio State? Where is he going? We'll see. But uh, you know, once once we get that word, I'll come back and break down uh, my reaction to it. Uh, on the prowl on tomorrow's episode, but guys, thank y'all as always for you know for for t- uh, supporting and tapping in with your boy, man. Uh, you know we 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 talked about you know losing uh, William Satterwhite. Satterwhite. Uh, we talked about potential trap games for the Tigers per Athlon Sports. Anyway, um, and then we checked the table and film off RB two could be RB one for a lot of teams in around the country. That's for sure. You know, so I really enjoyed this episode. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. You get the latest episode as soon as it's possible. Thank you all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day, uh, Monday through Friday, whenever I drop these episodes. Thank you all for being my Clemson Tiger family, but also my every single dayers, man. Take that with pride uh, that you, uh, you know, are doing that and, and really enjoying the show and having a good time and interacting with your boy. I appreciate and love you all, man. In terms of tomorrow, like I said, we're going – the Fletcher Westfall news. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that and what what happens with it. Uh, yeah, depending on you know, I might open the show with it. Who knows? We we'll see. On the prowl might be the first segment, but we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. Uh, but guys, as always, in terms of Twitter, go and uh, you can find and follow me there. DP underscore NFL. Uh, talk to me because I talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your